Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hashtag Henri text line. Protein House E with a purpose text line. How is this a dress rehearsal if Patrick and the starters aren't playing most of the game? From what we know is they're going to play the first half. Is that most of the game? Or is this where we get even more on and say, no, that's technically half a game? I mean, honestly, I don't want to see any of them play. That's just me being real. This is Out of Bounds. I am Dusty Likens. Nick Price is also with me as well. As we are here live and local, it is Out of Bounds. After us will be Cody Tapp and the Royals as they are in Cleveland as they lose last night. Is it just me or after looking at those jerseys, does every single player that wears the black or the white jersey lose 10 points off their overall rating? Seems like it. I understand what baseball is trying to do. Actually, I don't understand what baseball is trying to do is how I'm going to start that out because I really don't. Um, the players weekend with the nicknames on the back is fine. It's great. Yeah. But when your product is an all-white jersey that literally looks like a – I think, what was it, Lisa Frank, I think was her name, or like something like that was like a really colorful color book back in the day where you could, it would tell you what colors to color, what numbers, and then it would make this like extraordinary, beautiful color book. Well, that's what the white jerseys look like without the color inside inside the lines. Last night, the Bucks and the Browns played, being a fantasy football nut and Wanting to do a fantasy football show with Steven Serta, which might be or might not be in the works for a podcast on the 435 Podcast Network. I can't promise anything yet, but there might be something like that coming forward. I wanted to watch a little bit of Baker, a little bit of Jameis to see what was going on. I really like Goodwin for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wanted to see if Ninjoku played. Nah. Terrible game to watch. I believe it was like 9 to nothing at halftime. Just a field goal. Just sack fest. It was terrible. So I was like, all right, I'll flip it over to the Royals game, which was also terrible. I believe they lost, what, 4-1? to one? I think That was the final score. And the toughest part about watching that game was looking at the uniforms that they decided to use on players' weekend. And the fact that they were such polar opposites. One was all white. The other one is all black. Now, we've known that these uniforms are going to get used for quite some time. And we've known that they've been trashed all over on social media. And that's just the way that it's been with these player uniforms. But there's nothing that makes me think that it's truly a player's weekend. Other than the fact that the home team gets to decide which jerseys they want to wear. They can say, okay, we want to wear the all white or we want to use the all black. And that's how they get to decide which ones they use. It then came to my knowledge because Jay Binkley, of all people, tweets at Jeffrey Flanagan, the Royals MLB.com beat writer, and says, hey, Flanny, why are the Royals the only road team that have to wear white jerseys? He responds with, 
Home teams get to choose which jerseys they wanted to wear. Then someone says, why are the Royals wearing black hats with the white uniforms? Oh, by the way, MLB came in and ruined Players Weekend and said, you can't do this. Okay, again, if you're going to have a weekend that is titled Players Weekend, MLB shouldn't be able to step in and make rules because they said, well, they wear white hats. That's a disadvantage to the guys batting because now it's just all too white. How did we not think of that before? I don't know. Then to top one off even more, Kyle Zimmer, if you noticed, was wearing blue sleeves because I'm sure as a pitcher, white sleeves weren't allowed. Now, again, that's an assumption, but you would think that the way that baseball players are and the way that they always continuously carry themselves, you look at the batters last night, they were wearing white sleeves. When they wear gray uniforms, they'll wear blue sleeves. They're color-coordinated. Like, they know what they're wearing. But Kyle Zimmer, for some reason, had to wear blue sleeves because he likes to wear the three-quarter sleeve shirts, but it couldn't be white. It had to be blue. I don't understand Players Weekend. If you knew that this could be an issue, then why were the jerseys all white? I don't get it. If you're going to have Players Weekend, do it like you did last year where the color schemes were all over the place, where it was like, I believe the Royals were powder blue and dark blue. Yeah. And, like, the Houston Astros were black and dark orange, or they were red and orange, whatever they were. Have it something fun like this. You failed miserably with Players Weekend. It's not interesting. In fact, the only thing that was great was the fact that Jason Kipnis's nickname on the back of his jersey was Dirtbag. Yeah. Which, hilarious. I get it. Like, I feel like Jason Kipnis is a guy that I'd like to go have – you know, a tank seven with or six. Like, if I could be in a room with three guys that are celebrities in the sports world, I would sit down with Jason Kipnis as one of them and just pick his brain. He's also friends with Travis Kelsey because they're from the same area, and every time Cleveland comes to the Royal Stadium or Coppin Stadium, Travis Kelsey somehow finds a way to see Jason Kipnis. In fact, I'm pretty sure Travis Kelsey wears Jason Kipnis's jersey when he does watch him play. They're both Cleveland kids. They're both from Cincinnati, I believe, is where they're from. That's the coolest thing is that they get to use those nicknames. But the fact that MLB is still able to, like, nitpick what they do doesn't make sense. And the announcers, for some reason, have all this time to think about it and still can't get it right. It's weird. Yeah, I also, like, I think that the that Major League Baseball just really missed an opportunity here because whenever you come out with an alternate jersey, you hope to be able to sell that jersey, right, and get some merch sales from it. These jerseys aren't interesting at all. I think that they weren't that far off. Like, these jerseys, if they were incorporated, like, if you had the Royals in the all-whites, but the letters in the Royals on the front were blue or powder blue or something, and you had a little better hat, then you might have had a decent look that people actually might have gone out and bought. But you didn't really think this much ahead. You didn't realize until the game that, oh, wow, pitchers are going to be at a major advantage here with the white hats and the ball blending in. It's just the whole thing was a mess, and even Steve Fiziak last night didn't even really like it. And, of course, this is the players' weekend, so the Indians are dressed in all black. The Royals are dressed in all white, and it almost looked like the uh, Royals are uh, uh, from England or from India playing cricket. They're all white outfits, in there, including their white helmets as well. And with the players' weekend... Everybody has a nickname. The guy at first base is Whitley. The guy at the plate, El Crudo. That is 
Jorge Soler. I think he butchered that one. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure that's El Crudo. But um, they, yeah, and they can't. They continue. I was working the game last night, so I was listening to the broadcast, and they continue to talk about like just not really a big fan of these jerseys. Like we said before, the nicknames that's cool. Let the players wear their own cleats, use their own bats. All of that is great, but they missed it with the jerseys and the fact that the MLB has to come in and step on their toes with all this stuff really doesn't make it whole players weekend. Nah, it makes it seem like it's a little bit tainted. Other things that are tainted are TV deals. Beginning of the year, we talked about, could Fox Sports Midwest or Fox Sports Kansas City or whatever they change their name to get in an agreement with the Royals and TV? Not really sure. And Jeffrey Flanagan writes a pretty good article about it. If you like it, you can look at my Twitter page, at Dusty Likens, or you can even look at Nick Price's, at Nick Price KC, as we both retweeted and liked it. Negotiations for a new deal between Royals and FSKC have been slowed by this year's outside factors. Namely, Sinclair pending deals have purchased all of regional sports networks, including FSKC, from Disney, which is acquiring numerous 21st Century Fox assets. That, that deal was reportedly finally completed late Friday. The Department of Justice and mandated that Disney, which also owns ESPN, sell off the RSNs to avoid the, the sports monopoly. So basically to take that into a one-sentence thing... They don't want one person in control of every single sports network. They want to branch it out. While the Royals enjoyed a ratings boost during their back-to-back World Series years in 14 and 15, their 12.3 average rating in 2015 was the highest in MLB in 13 years, and viewership remained strong even in the recent downswing. Ratings themselves are mostly irrelevant when negotiating TV contracts, market size, available TV homes, and television footprints are the number one factors. That's where this comes into my type of knowledge. I don't truly believe that people watch TV as much as they do. Yes, people still stare at a screen that has a picture on it. But whether that's coming from a local TV deal is beyond me. Because most of the things people do these days, they stream or they just don't use cable networks. They just don't do it anymore. I don't do it. I've talked my dad out of doing it because my dad lost the Royals and he's pissed. My dad had Dish Network, which is another thing that the Royals and Dish are getting into negotiations about. Because... Fox Sports Midwest or Fox Sports Kansas City is no longer with Dish Network. You can't watch Royals games if you have Dish Network, I believe. I don't, at least my dad was telling me that. I know not everything your parents tell you is true, but I know that he was upset. But people are streaming more these days. And the hopes and dreams that we were going to get this huge TV contract aren't happening. In fact, the Royals were in the bottom three when it comes into viewership on TV. And I think that's also just because of the market size. You know, they have a bottom three market size. 100% so, it's you know, a factor. You know, the 12.5 share or whatever you're talking about for 2015 is a lot smaller than even, let's say, like a five share in Los Angeles or New York where you just have way more television sets out there. The only teams in Major League Baseball that have smaller market sizes for television are Cincinnati at 29 and the Milwaukee in last place. And so... This new TV deal for the Royals and Fox Sports, KC, Flanny's kind of saying that it could be done by the end of the season. The current deal is one of the worst for any sports in their market. Any sports team pays the Royals $25 million this year, but it was backloaded, so it only averages out to like $20 million. The new deal, Flanny is saying, will be for about 10 to 15 years, average about 48 to $52 million a year, but... It's not likely going to change much financially for the team because they're still one of the smallest markets in baseball, but it'll at least be a little bit more on par with what other teams are getting. And to give you an example of what it is, Milwaukee, as he says in the article, the smallest TV market, but just over 60,000 DMA households, fewer than Kansas City is somewhat cornered in its TV footprint. 
blocked by the Cubs and White Sox to the south and Lake Michigan to the east. The Brewers TV footprint includes Madison, the West Co- the West and Green to the West, Green Bay, and Fox Valley to the north. Kansas City TV footprint includes Omaha, Nebraska, Topeka, Kansas, and Wichita slash Hutchinson surrounding areas. Not a lot of that. In fact, the highest one is Omaha, Nebraska at 405,260. I can't believe it's already 115, but college football is back tonight, and I'm not sure Michael Irvin has gone to bed. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. Back in on Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens, Nick Price. 1-17-ish in the afternoon. I hope everybody's enjoying their Saturday. I hope your kids won all their soccer games, football practice, football games. I'm sure Little League started football. I'm not sure. From the text line from the 785, I'm with you, Dusty. I'm paranoid of injury. One wrong step by Patrick or alignment injury is the only thing that can beat the Chiefs is the Chiefs team getting hurt. Um, From the 913, good show, guys. I appreciate that. Preseason game three tonight, Chiefs, Niners. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to have some bad memories of last year because I think this was the field that he blew his knee on. In fact, I was at that game. Also, D Ford coming back. Yeah, but is he going to play? I don't think he's going to play. Yeah, he's but hurt. He might be there. Yep. Same spot. Probably still line off offsides. Yeah. On the on on the sidelines. Um. I thought it was interesting with. Last night, watching what is the Michael Irvin hype train. I think we all know what Michael Irvin's past is. I think we all know what Michael Irvin and his personality is. But my God, I'm not sure Michael Irvin has been asleep in the last 72 hours after hearing this clip. Okay, um, so that was a clip of like a hype party of it Michael was Irvin. He was hype, all right. Okay, so my dad is right. Your dad is right. I can't get the Royals either. I'm also a Dish customer. I'm about to dump them for that reason. Okay, so I want to make sure. I want to make sure Kurt Likens was still was still telling me the truth. But that was Michael Irvin last night. I believe they're in Orlando uh, before the Gators and Hurricanes play each other tonight at six o'clock on ESPN. I do watch football on the college scale because I do like I, I do like the Miami Hurricanes. And this goes back to like the early 2000s when Miami was just like pumping out talent like Sean Taylor, Clinton Portis, um, Pierre Garçon, Reggie Wayne, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed. I mean, the list is on and on. And my favorite is Greg Olson for reasons that I can't explain. They also did a rap song uh, called The Seven Floor Crew. It's very disrespectful. But if you'd like to, you can go check it out yourself on YouTube. It's called The Seven Floor Crew. Again, it is um, very explicit. Uh, there's a lot of cuss words. There's a lot of uh, a lot of foul language. So yeah, just, not safe for work and not safe for kids. Yeah, just listen to it in your own privacy. But Put your headphones on. The Miami Hurricanes have pizzazz. They have a lot of fun, right? They, they the do The turnover chain even recently, you know? That's right. Um, 
So it's kind of interesting for me to to kind of like them. I kind of like the products that come out of Miami. They come into the NFL. They're big studs. They're they're great players. Like I said, Reggie Wayne, Santana Moss, Norris Moss, Clinton Portis, Ray Lewis, Vinny Testaverde. That's a joke, but he's good. Um, but Michael Irvin is about the only thing that will get me hyped up for college football. Now, Jay Binkley, all he needs is just a date on a calendar, and he's zoot suit riot ready to rock and roll. But for me, college football does need stuff like this, like Michael Irvin. Like, I need Michael Irvin, and I need Michael Irvin to continue this. Now, I know that he's probably not gone to bed. I get that. That's that's probably true. But he's also, I mean, talking a lot of smack to Tim Tebow. He knows that thing's about to happen. He are, yeah. they, they are going down tonight. There is no way. The no, 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 not the Canes. You know who's going down. Those Gators are Gator going down. Gator Nation is I in town right now. I told him last night, I'm telling you right now. That's why we want Gator Nation here. We love Listen, adversity. When you're in the state of Florida, it's Gator Nation. No, you know it's not. It. Gator Nation stops right here in Orlando. Gator Nation doesn't stop till Coral Gables, right dog. Like, what do you mean it goes down to Coral Gables? It stops in Orlando. Ah. Everything south of here. Look around. All Look at this crowd year. right now. This, Look at this, this is, crowd right this now. This is not the truth. No way. That's about to feel defeat. About to get 16 K fans. You see more than 16 K fans. You see them K fans out there. What do you want, baby? You see them new fans out there. You see it. We are about to take hey, this place over. This. If it is their town, it won't be. Because anytime a hurricane hits town, it leaves a disaster. And we are about to leave a disaster. I don't think you chose those last words wisely. Um, anytime a hurricane hits a town, it leaves a disaster. And we're about to leave a disaster. Mm. Um, holy cow. So, Michael Irvin. I mean, I'm definitely juiced up for football season. I don't know if I'm as juiced up as Michael Irvin, but I'm not sure what Michael Irvin is thinking. Yet, I don't know if that matters. We remember, I think it was last year, Stephen A. Smith and Michael Irvin were sitting inside a facility before the Dallas Cowboys played a Monday night football game. I think it was on first take. And Michael Irvin was absolutely out of his mind. Sweat was pouring down his face. I love the passion. I love the fact that he's going after Tim Tebow because Tim Tebow is probably, I don't know, the most prolific person to come out of the Florida Gators system. That might be fair. I know he's bigger than Rex Grossman. Loved Rex Grossman. Big Rex Grossman guy. But Michael Irvin and the hype train and the, the power and all of that coming out is crazy. But it lets us know that college football is back tonight, 6 o'clock. So while you're waiting for that Chiefs game to start at 7, which I believe will be on local television, I won't get it on streaming device, but I know that you can get this game on ESPN. Hurricanes versus the Florida Gators, and Michael Irvin saying hurricanes destroy places, and the hurricane tonight is going to destroy this. Okay. Nick Price, when it comes to college football, do you get as involved with college football? And if not, why does college football not do it for you? I mean, I I think that college football Other is, than the fact that you covered the Kansas Jayhawks during the four worst con- years of your life. So that's kind of what ruined it for me. I, I'm I've never been as into the college football scene as other people just purely right. because the school that I went to was terrible at college football and pretty irrelevant for the entire time that I was there. I'm a, I'm envious of the people who go to schools in the SEC and these big-time Big Ten schools and all of that because, because it is really cool. The atmosphere, getting the, 
the whole school around it and everything. I mean, I got to see it when I did go to KU with basketball of how crazy that can make people and how invested people can be. And so college football for all of these big-time schools is basically the same as KU basketball is in Lawrence, Kansas. And so I've never gotten as much into it. I'm not as, like, maybe hyped as Michael Irvin is here, but I'm still excited. I'm going to watch more this year than I ever have. I'm just – you know, I'm warming up to it. See, this is where I wanted the text line to go. That's why this topic was very vague. Here come the cocaine jokes. From the 660, damn, Mike, you've got a problem. Sincerely, Lawrence Taylor. Please, if you've got more Michael Irvin jokes, feel free to send them in. 69306 to the Protein House, Eat With A Purpose text line. Michael Irvin needs to back off the booger sugar. In the famous words of Dave Chappelle, cocaine is a hell of a drug. I don't know what's going on in Orlando. But I know that Michael Irvin is not feeling any pain. I don't know why. I don't know how. But he's on another level. He loves his Miami Hurricanes. He loves his uh, Dallas Cowboys. And by God, he's ready for college football to start. We talk about how everybody walks around on uh, Saturdays and has Little League soccer games, which is a hell of a transition. Um, Big Little League (laughs) days for us, Dusty. Football, two kids playing. It's nutty. You can throw a shout-out to my baseball organization I created, Old School Ducks Baseball. If you want to follow old school ducks or you've got a kid that plays little league sports and you want a team or you're looking for some recruitment, old school ducks underscore KC. Thanks, Bubby. Coming up, we do it differently than anybody else, and that's uh, what we call the NFL wraparound. Out of bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. From the 816, side note, you guys have now made it to where my radio stays on 610, seven days a week now. I used to absolutely hate that Saturday show, but you guys are killing it. Keep it up. From the 816 as well, damn, Michael Irvin does cocaine like drink, like Bink drinks bangs. <laughs> that might be the best text today. Uh, that's a good one. Now I'm going to get a middle finger emoji from Jay Binkley. I almost guarantee it. Um... Yeah, man. Uh, rough week for cocaine and sports, right? Patrick Chung gets busted. About to get into it. Yeah. Uh, the coach that used to coach the Dolphins and, like, called escorts, like, high on cocaine, he gets another job. But Nick Price, as we play a music bed, let's do our wraparound of the NFL. All right, so you just mentioned it. But yeah, what Patrick, you got for us? Patrick Chung, the New England Patriots safety, has been indicted in New Hampshire for a felony charge of cocaine possession. According to court documents, Chung was indicted on August 8th for possession of a controlled drug, according to the court filing in the Belknap County Attorney's Office. The charge stemmed from a June 25th incident in Meredith, New Hampshire, when, quote, Chung did possess or have under his control a quantity of a controlled drug cocaine. And from what I heard about this story is they were doing a, like, they showed up to his house and just accidentally found it. So then they turned the flip strip and said, okay, wait a minute. We got something else here. Patrick Chung does cocaine or has some sort of cocaine tie, and he's probably going to get the same amount of suspension as marijuana. So according to the NFL, my suspicion is cocaine and marijuana are basically the same. Cocaine equals marijuana. Which is insane. Yeah, sure. All right. Um, Moving on to the next story here, though. It's about Antonio Brown, and it's not about what you've been hearing with his cold feet or his helmet saga or anything like that. I actually saw this on TMZ Sports. He's getting sued by a celebrity chef for $38,000.
This is uh, the celebrity chef. His name is Stefano Tadeschi. Hey. And uh, Stefano Tadeschi was <laughs> yeah. he was hired during the uh, Pro Bowl last year to go out there and basically stay with Antonio Brown and a couple of his close friends in this house for three days cooking for him. Mm. Everything went well on the first the first morning. Makes a great breakfast. All the guys love it. They go out and do their Pro Bowl stuff. Right. And then they come back later that day to the house, and Tedeschi had gone out to the farmer's market or whatever, the seafood market with his son, bought a salmon, had the frozen salmon head in the freezer. Mm. Antonio Brown thought it was a threat, like something straight out of The Godfather, and straight up kicked this guy out of the house, said, you're not allowed to come back. The guy was like, okay, I understand if you're firing me, even though this is crazy, but can I at least come back and get all my cooking supplies? Brown said no, and now Antonio Brown is... Getting sued for thirty-eight thousand dollars and some change over this, and it's it's not going away anytime soon. Over a fish head that was left in his freezer. Yes. Do you get the reference to The Godfather? Yes. You do. Mm-hmm. You've seen The Godfather. Mm-hmm. The horse's head. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, other than the fact that it might smell like absolutely just garbage town, USA, I would be a little pissed that there's a fish head left in my freezer. Um, I honestly, to be, to be fair with you, I know uh, the guys that own Third Street Social, uh, Andy Locke, owns a uh, seafood joint in Lee Summit as well called Pearl Tavern. Good food. Uh, they have an item on their menu that's a gigantic fish, and it still has the head attached to the body. Can't do it. No. Not sure why. I, I, I just can't look about, an animal in the eyes while I'm eating it. While eating it. Yeah, yeah. it's um, just awkward. Which there's a lot of drops getting available right here that Wachowski could use. You can hear Wachowski on Festival in the morning, 6 to 10 a.m. on 610 Sports Radio. But... Yeah, I have a problem with uh, the eyes still attached to the body as I eat it. Um, I know at Jack Stack they have a trout and a salmon. There are no eyes available. Uh, even in those like uh, cookouts or the hogs, the hog roast. Yeah, yeah, with the, the apple in the mouth, can't do it. Like uh-huh. I know where ham comes from. I know where bacon comes I know, from. But I don't want to see it from I eat the a, source. Exactly. When I eat a strip of bacon, I don't see eyeballs staring at me like thinking that I'm a terrible person for eating it. And I'm never gonna go vegan. So if I had to, if like all meat had its eyes still placed to it, yeah. That might cause me to go vegan or to try a Burger King burger that is uh, no hamburger and all whatever grass patties. Yeah. Anyways, uh, my guy Baker's in the news too. Yeah, so uh, Baker Mayfield did an interview with GQ, and in the article, it seems like he was throwing some shade at the Giants for drafting former Duke quarterback Daniel Jones, mm-hmm. saying he's quoted in the article saying, "quote I cannot believe the Giants took Daniel Jones. Blows my mind. Some people overthink it. That's where they go wrong. They forget you've got to win." But then Baker came out and he kind of backtracked on these comments on Instagram saying, quote, this is not what I said, just so we're clear. I also said I was surprised I got drafted number one. Then I was talking about the flaws in evaluating quarterbacks where I was brought up winning being important. Reporters and media will do anything to come up with clickbait stories, heard nothing about good things, and wish nothing but the best for Daniel. And then we saw a great picture of Daniel Jones, who has been lighting it up this preseason. My God. And we saw a great picture of the Giants locker room with a swarm of reporters around Daniel Jones. And then this one guy off in the corner putting on his shoes, getting ready to leave. That's Eli Mann. Yeah, that's insane. Um, That picture, I know the the cliche is picture speaks a thousand words. But it's a post-game, and I don't know, again, if we're going to go out of context or whatever. Oh, by the way, Henri texts on y'all are pansies um, from the 816. Thank yeah, you very thanks. Much. Thank you very much mm-hmm. um, for texting that. Appreciate it. Uh, the thing that's crazy about that is that I don't know if Eli had already spoken. I don't know if he was just, like, getting ready to speak so all the media just happened to be there. But the way that picture was taken and how it was taken, 
was insane because you just see all of the press just completely just surrounding Daniel Jones, who's had a very good preseason, okay? Um, figuring out where he was beforehand and how his uh, narrative was moving into the New York Giants organization. It was, oh, good, they just drafted another Eli Manning, but he's just not as good, and Eli Manning sucks. New Eli. Yes. Yet you look at the picture, and Eli's putting his shoe on. He's mouth-breathing. The mouth is wide open, and he just looks like he's just irrelevant, and everybody just wants to talk to Daniel Jones, and the picture is absolutely stunning. When it comes to Baker Mayfield and his comments, this is going to be continuous stuff that happens to Baker Mayfield. I listened last night to the, the telecast that was going on with the Bucks and the Browns, and Rondé Barber was on the call. He is a Bucks uh, guy. He played most of his career there. He is a Hall of Famer. He is a all-time corner and everything about it. And he said that Baker Mayfield is a consistent chatterbox. That's unfair to me. Baker Mayfield is fun. He leads by example. When he played college football, did he win the highest honor you could win in college football? Uh, I believe he did. Was it Baker Mayfield that started it against KU when they said you should shake hands, but they told the kids, not Baker's fault. And then he gets to the pros and he has this quote, and they take this entire quote and they cut it to make it look like Baker Mayfield's a bad guy. Baker Mayfield is not a bad guy. Baker Mayfield is a loud, he is a fun guy, and he is a guy that just some people love or some people hate, and the reason people hate him is because they ain't him and he's not on their team. Yeah, the whole thing I don't get about why Baker Mayfield seems to get picked apart by the media all the time is what does everybody want? Everybody hates when... They come out and they give the same cliche answers. And then we finally get a guy like Baker Mayfield who's willing to speak his mind and kind of go outside of the norm in a press conference. And the guy just gets torn apart all the time. So I don't get it. Um, I got one more thing for you, Dusty. Did he go 6-2 and two as a starter last mm -hmm. year? Yeah. yeah, pretty good. I got one more thing for you, Dusty. And this is just something that I saw on social media. But Vikings coach Mike Zimmer having the, uh, the chaw hidden in the David Seeds bag. Is that a veteran move or a rookie mistake? Because we were talking about this earlier. Well, it's not a rookie mistake and it's not a veteran move. It's a coward move. Coward move? Like, how old is Mike Zimmer? He's... My guess is that he's 63. I don't know how far off I am on that, but Mike Zimmer, who is the coach of the Minnesota Vikings, I know you saw the video. Did you look that up before? How he's old 63. Is he? Nailed it. I did not look it up before. I can tell you every tab that's open right now. I have message stream, Twitter, out of bounds, uh, drive, Google Drive, and Inbox. That's all I have so far. What I'm saying is, um, you're a grown-ass man, Nick Price, right? Yeah. Okay, I'll be honest with you right now, and I, I don't know why I'm doing this. I used to smoke cigarettes very heavily, all right? Because I read a book, and I listened to Nick Wright, and he said one of the things he did is he bought a fifth of whiskey and a pack of cigarettes. Because I met Nick Wright at Grand Falloon one night, and he was like, yeah, you know, get your voice shaped up to however you want to do it. I read a book this way. I read this book, and the guy, first chapter, was like, go buy a fifth of whiskey and pack of cigarettes. I like the way cigarettes made me feel in college. I'll still have a dart every once in a while. My thing is, when I turned 19 years old, I was done hiding it from my parents. I didn't live at my house. I was living away from it, back and forth. I was in college. I thought I was old enough. I'm not saying that I'm a badass. I was just like, hey, yo, I'm letting you know right now, a cig's going to get smoked, or I'm going to do this. If I was going to drink at 21, I wasn't going to hide it. Mike Zimmer is 63 years old. I'm sure he gets a lot of negative feedback about being a 
chewing tobacco supporter because of the Surgeon General warning. But the fact that you got to hide them in a seeds bag makes me wonder, who are you hiding it from? Why are you hiding it? And are you back on the bandwagon of being a chewer? Did you quit? Now you brought it back? I mean, we know he damn near lost his eyeball. But the fact that he had to pull it out of a David Sunflower Seed bag makes me think, what flavor were the sunflower seeds? Does now his Red Chief taste like ranch sunflower seeds, which are the second best? Behind barbecue? Behind barbecue. Barbecue is the OG. Good. Why does he do it? I don't know. Is there a rule in Minnesota that you can't chew on the sidelines? I have no idea. But it's not a rookie move. It's not a veteran move. It's just a lazy move. Own it. You're the head coach. What's somebody going to say to you? Hey, you can't chew. Hey, you guy, you try to control 53 guys in a game. That's our wraparound of the NFL. We don't take every topic seriously. Sometimes we take a little bit of fun with it. He was 6-7 and seven as a starter. Greg the Mailman, I'm sorry. 6-7 and seven for Baker Mayfield. From the 816, Baker's a young rock as a heel back in the Attitude Era. I don't know about that. I don't know if he's rock and nation of domination. That's an interesting point. Uh, from the guys that called us a pansy, I'm messing with y'all. I can understand why you wouldn't want to see the face of the food you're eating. Okay. I'm just saying, if that makes me a pansy, from the text line, from the text, eight one, or not from the text line, to the text line, 69306, do you, when you eat food, are you okay if it still has a head on it? That's all I want to know. Can you eat food that still has a head attached to it? Eyeballs, everything. I know my best friend Paul can. I'm not sure we can, but speaking of food, we love food and we love sports, and Arrowhead has its new items. No, it's not the Popeye's chicken sandwich, but don't worry. That's coming later. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. This bump bad music sounds like Destiny's Child. I don't know where that came from. I don't know. It's got me moving back here. Yeah. Um, speaking of moving, Nick Price is going to be moving from this show to the Arrowhead parking lot. So, again, um, didn't you get – you got a free beer out of it last time you went, right? Uh, I actually – I couldn't find him. <laughs> but I'm going to go look again. Nick Price, he'll be at Arrowhead tonight. If you're going to be there, go to the go to the tailgate area. You'll find him. I found this interesting, Nick Price. You know how they had that uh, – which table would you sit at? And then it had, like, mm-hmm. three personalities or something like that. Yeah, the cafeteria. Sit, right. So I found another one, and it was called Tailgates uh, Food and Drink. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter or not. I didn't. Uh, tailgate 1, chips and queso and PBR. Tailgate 2, fried chicken, natty light, and hard seltzer. The hard seltzer natty light. Ooh, I like that one. Number 3, potato salad and bush light. Number 4, Oreo salad and four loco hard seltzer. I'll pass. Uh, number 5, little Smokies and boxed wine. Dig the box wine, can't eat little smokies. They just make me absolutely sick. Um, number six, mystery crock pot and boulevard. Shout out boulevard. Number seven, sushi and the claw, which I think that's probably where you're going. Number eight, hot dogs with only ketchup and goose island beer products. Number nine, and the one that I probably probably go with, pulled pork and Bell's beer, which Bell's has great brew. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 10, Casey's breakfast pizza and LaCroix. 
Um, and then number 11, Vegan Patty and Craft IPA. I think I got to go with that second one. What was that again? Fried, Fried chicken, chicken, Natty and Light, and Hard Seltzer. And Hard Seltzer. Uh-huh. And then yeah, number, me, number three was the most popular one against my friends in my text group. It was Potato Salad and Bush Light. Um, and then the, thir- the, the ones that tied at second were mine, which was Pulled Pork and Bell's Beer. And then the other one was uh, number eight, Hot Dogs with Ketchup and Goose Island. But I'm also kind of interested... You can't screw up chips and queso. No. I really don't think you can. But number one was chips and queso and PBR. Those were the, the the tailgate options when it came to that, like, trendy thing. But speaking of trendy thing, and that is ballparks and food. Um, I get it when it comes to baseball, and baseball's doing a thing as well where they're uh, doing this thing at Yankee Stadium. We'll get to that in a little bit where they're taking the best food from every ballpark, and then they're having them all at Yankee Stadium to see which one is the best, and Kansas City's got one as well from the Royal Stadium. But the Chiefs are doing something new this year. And according to the Kansas City Star, Arrowhead Stadium is hoping all that tailgating outside will just be an appetizer for what's being served inside. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs fans will want to leave plenty of room for some of the new menu offerings. First up is the towering state line barbecue stack. So hold on to your butts here. With three meats, beans, and slaw on a cheesy corn bun, and then topped with more meat, the game day crowd also can get barbecue waffles, barbecue stuffed colossus, bacon jalapeno mac and cheese, and even a few new veggie items, including impossible tacos. Uh, um, they have pictures. The waffle burger is a classic buttermilk waffle burger. It's got waffles on the outside, burger on the inside, $16. They have the Cowtown burgers, which uh, includes a Beyond burger with red onions. I guess I don't know what a Beyond burger. That's also know. where you can pick up the state line barbecue burger. Um, the Aladdin Cafe Greek menu, including a, a falafel wrap, which is $11. Bacon, jalapeno, mac and cheese. That's eleven dollars. I don't feel like that's not something you really want to eat after you've been tailgating. Uh, <laughs> cheese and jalapenos. It looks delicious. Cauliflower wings, deep fried cauliflower with hot sauce served on a seasoned curly fry bed, and the coop locations sections one twelve, one twenty six, three hundred three, three twenty six. I bring this up because some of you might be going to the game tonight, like Nick Price. You might get a little bit of a hunger, and you might want to get some of this. Um. Barbecue brisket kaloshes and a cheeseburger stuffed kalosh served with fries, $14 in the Zoom stand. The Impossible Tacos, eat, drink, taco section, 103 and 301. And other updates for Arrowhead, Smoke Brewing Company, and Plowboys Barbecue will also be available in the upper concourse sections, 316 and 339. Um, I get when baseball stadiums do this because I don't think tailgating at baseball stadiums is as uh, vitally important as it is at football stadiums. I mean, definitely... uh, Arrowhead is one of the top tailgate places with food. I think anytime you go into Arrowhead, you can just see the smoke. It's a different smoke that you would see probably at uh, at the Broncos Stadium, right? Which I'll be there by the way this year. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna fly out to Denver on that Thursday night. Okay, that's right. You got a bachelor party. Uh, I'll be at that game, so hopefully uh, I can add some tailgate smoke to. Uh, never mind. But um, I thought it was also interesting that in all of this new food at Arrowhead because they do this every year. Uh, where they introduce new food to try to get new people engaged in different things inside the stadium, which I don't think a lot of people eat at, uh, at you know, football games. But when it came to MLB, they're also trying to get the food fanatics. Um, and the Kansas City Royals have the 
what is it, the barbecue burger that has, I believe it says, let's see if I can read this here in this tiny, hamburger bun, steak burger patty, American cheese, onion ring, pulled pork, and barbecue sauce. That's what they're taking to Yankee Stadium for everyone to try. They literally have a food item from every single division in all of baseball, American and National League. Nick Price, my question to you is, is food an important quality when it comes to a ballpark? I think it is for baseball because I think baseball is a totally different crowd. You get a lot more casual fans who are just there for, like, the night out. Especially, I mean, you see the Kauffman, you see that a lot of these stadiums, they're getting a lot more of these kind of gourmet-looking dishes out there because it's just a different vibe. You know, you're kicking back, you're watching baseball, you want to eat some good food. Not everybody is a hardcore baseball fan where they're locked in the whole time. Where, where this is different is Arrowhead. Not only you mentioned the tailgating, but most of the time people are trying to get something quick, like something like a hot dog, a pretzel, something where they can get it and get back to their seat so that they don't miss a second in the action. And also, I know just from personal experience, Ugh. I don't want to take my gloves off when it gets really cold at Arrowhead to eat uh -huh. food. You won't even dip your finger in the cheese? Uh, no, no, no. Um, you have a, yeah, you have a kind of that. I do, I do. Um, maybe I'll bring that up a little bit later. But, um, no, I just like, I think that football stadiums especially, you're not trying to eat healthy, so you're not trying to get the vegan options or anything. You're not trying to have some kind of great, fancy dish you're just looking for your traditional ballpark foods that are easy that you can get in and out of the concession stand get back to your seats and go watch the game because everybody's already filling up on all the good stuff in the parking lot and they're in there to drink beer and watch football and i think the two biggest things when it comes to uh how food is more popular in a baseball stadium than it is a football stadium. Now again go try this food preseason is probably the best time to try food mm -hmm. games at seven o'clock if you don't want to get out there early and tailgate whatever you want to do but the thing about it is when it comes to football versus baseball, yes, baseball's in the middle of summer, the beginning of spring. It doesn't go all the way into the fall, but it's a little bit into the chilly weathers at the end of September. If you still go to baseball games, you might need a jacket. But the other thing, too, is that you don't really tailgate for baseball. No. No. I tailgated my ass off in college at a Royals game, and I'd go in, like, the third inning, and I'd be, I'd be sideways in all sorts of ways walking into the game. That's just me being real with you. But my thing when it comes to football games is that it's not – necessarily about the food inside the stadium because it's more so the food outside the stadium. Now, granted, I don't live in L.A. and I don't live in Chicago and I don't live in Wisconsin, but I know that Green Bay tailgates a lot. Uh, in fact, I know for a fact they tailgate a lot because it always seems to be Lambeau Field and Arrowhead Stadium that have the two biggest kind of tailgate situations there are, which is insane because both get extremely cold in the wintertime. But people still smoke a bunch of meats in the, in the parking lot before football games, and you don't really go into a football game getting food. Now, will you get the inebriated halftime nachos? Sure. But I don't know if halftime I'm going to go get some jalapeno bacon macaroni and cheese because that just sounds like something that's probably going to be on the pavement by the time I leave. Now, when it comes to baseball, I get it, right? I get that there's a couple things at baseball. You get. Like for me, my dad, if we, my dad and I go to a game, it's tradition to get like a pole of sausage with sauerkraut and brown mustard and nachos. Now, Royal Stadium has a ton of different food options that are really delicious. Like, I know that the Craft Draft Bar, mm -hmm. they've got those awesome pizzas. Yeah. They have a bunch of, like, good little apps in there as well. Um, you can find a lot of stuff for the Aramark at, the, uh, at, Arrow, at, at Kauffman Stadium. Um, but like we said before, um, people will eat food no matter what. 
like we've seen, and we'll talk about it a little bit later because there was a video on the internet that just absolutely brought me to tears when it came to the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Food is popular, um, and food is really big when it comes to stadiums. It's not their main staple, but the biggest problem with NFL and, and baseball is in the NFL, you're going to go out there. In fact, the article led with Arrowhead's hoping you can save room for your appetite and just have an appetizer out in the beginning of the parking lot. That ain't the way Kansas City does it, man. Every time you walked, I used to do it. I used to do it like a man on the street at Arrowhead. You would walk around, and people were grilling out like sausages, dogs, burgers, or somebody's got ribs, or someone's catered in Jack Stack or Zarda or some sort of. The big tent with the tables with the full spread and everything. Two things on food at Arrowhead from the text line. The prices are way too high, and food sits there, and they heat it up and serve it to you. Used to work there at GSR in the upper level. Good inside scoop there from Lance, our guy. I had a Kobe beef burger at Royals game last Saturday. Best burger I've ever had. Wow. Also, Nick from Lance, if I see you at the game, I will buy you a beer. I'm in section 133. Okay. Um, Also, we talked about it before because we were talking about food that had eyes on it or a head on it still. And one of them was from Giddy. Do you guys eat sardines? Absolutely not. Nope. That's a hard no. That's a very hard no. That's I do not want to no. And then, of course, from when I filled in with Binkley, haven't been listening much today, but I need to know, did we get Lionel Richie out of your car? So Binkley does this every stinking time I'm on air with him. It doesn't matter if it's Bink at night, rushing the field in the future. I don't care what it is. Binkley likes to share the story that I have a Lionel Richie CD stuck in my CD player and my Chevy Impala. It's been there ever since I got the car. It has not come out yet. The Lionel Richie CD is still stuck in my CD player. There's nothing I can do about it. There is something I can do about the next topic, and that is Chiefs, Niners, tonight in Game 3 of preseason. I hate it. Some people love it. It just doesn't make sense. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.